Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Mobile Rolling, proudly brought to you by Garrard's Horse and Hound. A big thanks to Darren Clayton for jumping in at a, uh, a late notice or short notice yesterday. We had barrier trials on light, rather chaotic yesterday, but Darren jumped in and uh, provided all of the latest information. He'll join us a little bit later this morning. He'll provide, hopefully, some winners for tonight's Redcliffe meeting. They've got a big 10 event program, but all eyes are on Albion Park for Saturday night, night three of the Tab Constellations, three Group 1 features including the Golden Girl, the Sunshine Sprint, both uh, proudly sponsored by Garrard's Horse and Hound, and the AP Gold feature is also a Group 1 race. And uh, Tab have got markets available for most, if not all, of the races coming through on Saturday night. The Sunshine Sprint is race number eight. The favourite is Spirit of St. Louis. Uh, he was playing last week. He missed the place and he missed a feel-good, but he goes up as the favourite with Tab at three sixty. I cast no shadow five dollars. Turn it up nine fifty. Better Eclipse three eighty. Triple eight six dollars. Cruise Bromac the Emergency seventy one dollars. Majestic Cruiser at twenty three. Black Sedance nine fifty. Max Shard twenty three. Alter Orlando twenty three. And Zeus Bromac. He's got the visitors draw. He's also at twenty three dollars. A lot has been said about the Sunshine Sprint for twenty twenty two. Who should be in? Who missed out? Who should have got in? But at the end of the day, it's a Group 1 race and uh, spots were always going to be at a premium. So it wasn't uh, an easy assignment for the other uh, handicappers at Racing Queensland. But all in all, it promises to be a very exciting race this Saturday night. One man that is certainly going to play a very strong role in this race on the weekend is Shane Graham because he's driving Turn It Up. And there's no doubt he is pound for pound one of the quickest gate speed horses we've got not only here in Queensland, but in the country. He is lightning off the arm. And he's drawn ideally in gate number three. Shane Graham joins us now. Shane, appreciate the time. No problem, sir. Was that music to your ears on Monday afternoon when that barrier draw was conducted? Yeah, that's right. It um, definitely was a good a good start anyway to it, you know. Um, we were sort of hoping for a frontline draw and closer to barrier one would have been would have been even better. But um, no, nah, it looks like it's a you know, on paper it's a good draw for him. Was there a draw that you didn't want, though, with, with Turn It Up? Oh, look, just probably over the short trip and that. You know, you it's, it's hard sometimes when you're drawing, like, 10 or, you know, even sometimes in Barrier 7 and that, even with his gate speed, you know. Like, I think this is probably one of the most even, you know, sunshine sprint fields we've had in a, you know, in a long time. So, you know, he, um, the way he's sort of been racing... Um, you know, off the speed and that, it, it, it sort of wouldn't have been all bad if he hadn't have drawn the lead. Now, you've had about 48 hours to sort of pick apart this race on Saturday night. Does he have the speed to lead? Yeah, look, I, I think so. Like, um, you know, like, uh, it's it's hard to sort of, you know, definitely be too confident in leading, especially over these short trips. But, um, you know, like, he's sort of shown before how, how quick he is and, you know, I think last year he crossed them all from out out wider, and you know that I think there's a lot of high gate speed horses in it last year that he he crossed too. So, you know, he, he does have that sort of you know that thin lane speed for the first hundred or two off the arm. So, you know, it's um, yeah, I, I think he can. Okay, 
I'm glad you raised last year because he finished fourth last year. The race was won by Copy That. They went 52-4. It was a short half head, a short half head. Copy That beating King of Swing, Rock and Marty, and turn it up in fourth. You had gate seven, so barrier three. Tell me this. Looking back at last year and looking at right now, is he a much better horse now compared to back then? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, he, he seems to, you know, like it's sort of hard to say how much better he is, but looking at his form and, and what he's sort of done this year, I'd, I'd have to say he's going much better than what he was last year, you know? So um, in saying that, you know, he probably has to be going better too. Well, I wanted to compare last year to this year as well, just like with last year, copy that in King of Swing. Copy that has since gone on to win a New Zealand Cup. King of Swing, Grand Circuit Champion, three-time Miracle Mile winner. They, they were two absolute beasts. There's no doubt about it. How does the field on Saturday night compare to last year? Yeah, that's right. Like, I know, you know, they, they were definitely superstar, them two horses. But I think the best way to look at the field this week is you look at the horses that missed out on the race, you know. So I think that just shows how, how tough a field it is because you look at, you know, I suppose you call it the consolation and, and horses that missed out, they wouldn't have been out of place in, in the main race. So I think that shows the depth on the field this year. OK, you've kept Turn It Up fresh since his effort in the Reckliff Cup and the run there was very, very good. Uh, going fresh into a race like this, this is not a, an unusual thing for Turn It Up. Fresh is best to Turn It Up in many ways. Yeah, that's right. You know, um, he sort of the whole time he's been here, he, he's never really raced week to week and always faced his runs fortnightly. So um, I think he was he was three weeks in between his last start in the Redcliffe Cup and and he was he was good over the long distance there. So being um, three weeks between it to the short trip race, it, that won't make you know it won't be an excuse. Okay, last three runs have been from the tape, standing start conditions, back behind a mobile, that won't be an issue? No, no, it won't be. Actually, I don't even, I think even the, mo, the mobile start before, I think it's been a long time since he actually has seen the mobile, but, um, you know, he's uh, he's a good old horse and, you know, come to the gate, he'll be uh, nice and fresh and know what to do. Okay, who's the horse to be? What do we take out of last week's Mr. Fieldwood? Spirit of St. Louis to the eye was a little plain last week. He tracked up nicely. He was given a, a perfect trip. Just didn't, uh, you know, uh, produce that devastating sprint that we've become accustomed to. Um, the, the winner was enormous, triple eight. So what do we take out of last week? And who's the horse to beat this week? Yeah, look, it's, um, you know, I think you could sort of probably, you know, <laughs> you could get a different winner in each time this race has won, you know, like it's, it's hard to pinpoint any one of them, um, you know, like uh, like I said, the horses that mixed it, missed out, it shows the quality of the race and, and there could, you know, I don't think any of them, if they won, would surprise you really. Okay. What about Better Eclipse? How do you sort of rate him? He's coming into this race this week, taking on the big boys after going up against his own age last week, second behind the brilliant mare, Ladies in Red. He's the X-Factor horse in many ways on Saturday night, though, isn't he? He is. He is. Like, um, that was a terrific run um, last week, you know, like doing that work and sitting outside her and that. And, you know, for Greg to sort of hop off the other bloke to stick with him, it shows, obviously, what opinion he does have of the horse. So, um, you know, he's like, 
he's been there and done it like in them races so um yeah he's uh he's definitely going to be there about give me a quick comment on ladies in red uh you've sat behind some really nice mares but uh how do you rate ladies in red oh look she just looks like a little bloody little motor car doesn't she um you know like uh sort of over all distances and she's just got speed and stamina and you know like i'm sure um you know if she keeps going forward she's going to be right up there with probably the best mares we've seen okay speaking of the mares you've got representation in the group one golden girls scarlet babe she comes up with a nice draw as well gate three she'll move into two if the emergency doesn't secure a start First thought, you would have been happy, but then when you've looked at the field closely and seen what's drawn to your inside, you probably would have been a little disappointed. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? I think uh, I nearly think everyone else in the race would have been disappointed when they've seen that, you know. Um, but at least we're, you know, we're in the run of mine and we're sort of going to be up there somewhere. Um, she's probably, I don't know, I was sort of, uh, I was real happy with her a few runs back, but um, yeah, she just probably hasn't been herself and just hasn't been, um, yeah, not a hundred percent as happy with her as what sort of was last year. But um, she, uh, yeah, hopefully from the draw, if she gets a little trip, she can sort of be around the money somewhere. Can you put it down to anything? Like, like it's not that her form's bad, and when you break it down, she's still running some nice races, but she's just not at a, her explosive best like we've seen previously. So is, is it one thing above all others? Is it something that you can put your finger on why she's not at her absolute best? No, not really, Chris. She, um, yeah, like you said, probably on the clock and that she's been, um, she, yeah, she's still sort of going good, but, um, just to sit behind her and that she's, um, yeah, just hasn't been herself. But, um, like I said there, she sort of, had a few little blood problems there, but um, nothing major. But uh, yeah, just can't can't really pinpoint exactly what what her problem is at the moment. But she's just, you know, she's probably just not at a at a peak like she was or was hoping to be coming into these races. Okay, and just with that other race, the the consolation you could say for the uh, the Sunshine Sprint, uh, you've got LL Cool J and Mac Da Vinci. Do you, do you rate their chances? LL Cool J Gate Six, Mac Da Vinci inside of the second row, following out Firefox. Yeah, that's right. It's um, it's a perfect draw for Mac Da Vinci. Um, you know, like Firefox, he uh, he's got blistering gate speed, and you know he probably looks the leader. So Mac Da Vinci, you know, I was wrapped with his run last week after sort of doing a power of work. Uh, you know, it's an ideal draw for him and. Uh, LL Cool J, he was actually very, he sort of unlucky last week in that race. Um, he was sort of climbing over the backs so of nowhere to go. So, you know, he's drawn out a little bit, but um, probably, you know, like all mile races, it's going to be, depends on the pace and tempo. And, you know, if they run at the suit, I'm sure he'll run home well. Okay. Turn it up. That's the key runner, though, for you on Saturday night. Yeah, that's it. It's, um, you know, hopefully, uh, yeah, we got a few better than what we did last year. All right. Really appreciate the time. And just quickly tonight, is it a Queensland victory or do the Blues take home the other spoils? Oh, let's hope so, Queensland, because I've got too many New South Welshmen around me at the moment. So uh, <laughs> it could be a painful 24 hours for me. Mm, if not for the rest of the week. But anyway, I really appreciate <laughs> the time. We'll see you trackside. No worries. Thanks, Chris.
Shane Graham joining us. So turn it up uh, is the key runner. He's the gate speed horse. Originally, when they put up the market, he was $12 and a couple of the, the smarties have snipped away. He's now nine fifty. obviously thinking that he probably has the speed to lead and uh, he could easily run a, a really good race. So he is a key runner. There's no doubt about it. As I said, there's several other group one features. Majita, as far as the golden girl is concerned, is a clear favourite. If she starts from an inside gate, um, you know, with the emergency like with her uh, come out, she's at a dollar twenty-five currently. Majita, uh, we've got that uh, other Group One feature for the two-year-olds. Dual Melody is a clear favourite there. One of the other features uh, is a Group Two race, and this is a, a lead-up for next week's Group One trotting feature on Saturday night. We've got the Trotters Sprint, and uh, this is going to be a really good race. Majestic Harry eight dollars, Riley Moment sixteen, Just a Bit Noisy forty-one. What's up, Majestic five? Lot of Muscle twenty-six. Tough Monarch. East 240, current favourite, Red Castleton 26, Credit Master 420, Global Flight 750, Van Sank 16, the emergency car manor at $51. So many of the trotters out of last week's DJA series on the backup, including the winner, Global Flight 4, Narissa McMullen. But there's a few other interesting runners here. What's up, Majestic? He's a last start feature race winner at Menangle. He's back in town. Tough Monarch returns to Queensland. And Credit Master's a very interesting runner, Matty Craven. He's a uh, a regular as far as the Brisbane Winter Carnival is concerned. And he's been kind enough to join us now. Matty, appreciate the time. Uh, thanks for having me on, Chris. You've got the two runners in this trotting feature on Saturday night, Credit Master and Lot of Muscle. Lot of Muscle comes out of the DJA series. Credit Master is fresh up. He's a last start Melton winner. He's a proven Group 1 performer. What are the expectations here on the weekend? Yeah, look, it's interesting, Chris. I think, you know, through the DJA... Uh, a series or whatever it's um it's proved that you know there's a pretty even bunch of trotters up here and they're definitely no easy beats and it's going to be you know a pretty tough ask for him and through through that series we've seen that they're very even and, and hard to beat and, and especially um you know we've seen global fight you know look like that he he could be a very progressive horse and um i thought he went absolutely fantastic on saturday night and he showed that he's a very strong stayer and um you know, it's going to be pretty hard to beat him. And coming into this race with Credit Master, um, you know, he's fresh up and he's been named at these last two races because we didn't think that, you know, he would handle probably the six runs in six weeks. So um, I think Saturday night, you know, he may need the race um, to, to hopefully have him spot on for the week after. But he's drawn a, probably a nice gate behind Majestic Harry, who's been going absolutely fantastic as well. I mean, he's, he's running the Red Cliff Cup was... Um, you know, really good, and, and then he sat parked in, in one of his heats, and then and the other night he's, he worked, and then and ran global fight to I think a head or a neck. So um, it's going to be a very interesting race. And Ricky Ring brings Tough Monarch up, and you know when he brings him, he's going to be right to go. Mm. Just with your guy though, he hasn't started since Melton back in April. He was successful there, and when you look at that formula, he beat Always Ready and Nephew of Sunoco. Nephew of Sunoco is the, the boom trotter in Victoria right now. So the form line couldn't be any better for your guy. Yeah, it's, look, you know, it stacks up, but probably just that time between runs. But he's always had really good fresh up form. Um, and he's had a couple of trials here early uh, when we got up here. And, and then he seems to have really come on since then. So hopefully going into Saturday night that he's ready to run a big race. He seems very happy and well. And, um, you know, he's really enjoyed 
his time up here, which is, I think, a big big key to him. Um, he's a bit of a strange horse, but if you, if I think if we can keep him and have him happy, I think it goes a long way for him to be running well. So hopefully that uh, is good signs heading into Saturday night. And I'm pretty happy with the you know the the draw on the fence. Although you know in some of his runs I've felt that he hasn't followed horses too good, but. We've seen when he did run his last, he did win at Melton. Um, he was able to pick his way through the field, where some of his other runs um, back in the field, he doesn't always travel so good in behind. And um, it's just been one of his quirks, I think. And sometimes these old horses that come off handicaps all the time can get sick of chasing. And hopefully, you know, he's got a little bit more confidence back in the tank and, and believes that he can do it again with a bit of luck. Okay. What makes him strange, apart from, you know, those quirky little habits? What else is strange about Credit Master? <laughs> well, <he's, laughs> he definitely is a strange horse. When when uh, we did buy him and, and, you know, there was a lot of people who did say that, you know, he, he's... And there was a lot of articles wrote on him that he was a very quirky horse and he always needed a mate. And it's so funny, um, you know, the first night we took him into to trial, no, to work at Albion Park. Um, he handled the trip up terrific, but to take him into the races only, you know, an hour on the truck, he was a lather of sweat when he got in there um, and then just, you know, it was a mess just standing around until we took him out and worsted him. Um, then we, we trialled him, he was a bit better, and um, the next time we took him in, he was a lot better. So just one of those things. Apparently, he used to be really bad when he, he went to the races. And you even you put his mate up on the truck first and, um, you know, he's standing around the back of the truck in a panic, you know. It's just one of those horses that, that needs a mate or likes a mate. But I think the travel, you know, to Sydney for his preparation up there um, definitely changed him in, in what we'd experienced from when he first came over. And um, it took a long time for him to settle up there and, he needed a mate out in the paddy with him to even get him to eat. Um, but up here, you know, he's had three horses in the, or two other horses in the paddock with him and, and he hasn't missed a feed. So hopefully, um, you know, he's in a, in a good space at the moment and he's sort of learning. Even though he's an old horse, he's very lightly raced, but he's learning to deal with a lot of those different things, especially, you know, in a, in a bigger stable environment. But, um, he's not always the number one, but... Uh, yeah, he's, he's sort of settled and, and dealing with life a little bit better, hopefully. Okay, but whatever he does on Saturday night, there's further improvement to come for the following week. Yeah, I think he'll take really good improvement. Just naturally, you know, out of the race, um, I'm sure that he'll take really good improvement there. And our main aim has always been um, the last race of the carnival, and that's why he hasn't raced early, because um, we knew he didn't really handle back-to-back racing all that great. And, uh, we'll just trial him and, and hopefully take this race. Um, they'll just top him off nicely for next week. Okay. And when he did win that Group 1 feature in Sydney, Tough Monarch was, you know, well behind him. So you can you can beat Tough Monarch. Um, yeah. But Tough, Tough Monarch, I think, is a horse. Um, when he's right, he's very good. And, and Ricky uh, tends to be able to to peak him at the right time and um, you know I've had a lot of respect for, for Ricky and, and that horse for a long time and I know when he bought him up last year he made sure he was right last year and he was too good for us in, in the feature last year and I'm sure Ricky will have him have him heading in the same direction he wouldn't have bought him if he wasn't happy with him I'm sure but you go through the field it's just very even and, and, the, and the trotters up here are, 
have got so much more depth in them than they've had previous. And um, from the one draw, you know, Majestic Harry, if he if he happens to be able to hold up or be behind the lead, you know, it's going to take a hell of a lot of running down. But hopefully that that puts us in a good position with Credit Master. And um, yeah, well, as I said, global flight. Um, you know, he's just proved that he's been a revelation up here. And you know, Marissa McMullen, um, you know, she's a very very good trainer and driver, and um, she knows knows uh, exactly how to have them winning. So, you know, those two are going to be the hardest to beat, I think. But if you go through the field, the, all these horses have been running really well. So um, mm. it's going to be a tough race, that's for sure. Yeah, and you're happy with a lot of muscle, uh, the way he's come through the DJA. Could he could he be better over the shorter trip in in, in a strange way? <coughs> uh, look, he, he he's just... I haven't drove him very good, to be honest with you, Chris. In his, in his three heat runs... Um, oh, he's two heat runs in the final. He's not a death horse. And, you know, at the time, it looked like it might have been a good move to get up closer to the front, but then Majestic Harry was able to go in front of me and I just had to do a bit more work than, than I would have liked. And then once, you know, outside the leader, you know, Marissa knew exactly what she was doing and she kept she kept the uh, a very even, strong tempo and that was just too much for him. He's not that type of horse. He's more that... Horse that likes just that easier suck run and, and you know, he can be strong in the lane. And he, he has proven that, you know, a couple of his better wins have been over the short, but he also is a derby winner. So, um, yeah, I'm not so sure about the distance. It's more about, you know, being able to get him a more economical run. And from the draw, it's going to be pretty tricky, but we've got one of the best on the land on him in Greg Sugars, and I'm sure you'll, you'll get him a, a good trip. Can you take any credit for Triple Eight winning last week after the way you you handled him in that trial and lead up to the Mister Feelgood? Well, I thought I was sitting there in pretty good order, Chris. That was for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, absolutely. I agree. No, I, I think sure. you're the unsung hero there. <laughs> well, you know, you, you could you could definitely um, bring it bring a preparation undone by hurting him in a trial. But uh, I said to Craig, you know, he felt terrific, and he was only just just poking along, doing what he needed to do. And, and when I did, did ask him just a little bit up straight, you know, I thought he, he picked up really well. I mean, you know, it was Greg and, and you know, Jess Tubbs, they're, they're um, very astute trainers and, um, you know, they've got their, a very good strike rate and they wouldn't have bought these horses if they weren't happy with them. And they've proved that I think, you know, they're very, very good horses and, you have seen the way that even uh, better equips went in, in in the big race. You know, he did a lot of work and um, he went fantastic. And Triple Eight, the race was put on for him, but he was still in very very good order. So, uh, were you surprised by the odds though? Up. Well, he, you know, he never draws super, so um, yeah, it's it's probably one of those things that a lot of people probably didn't think he was going to get the trip. But the way the race was run, it really brought him into it. And, you know, he's a quality horse. You see time and time again, he's run big races against good horses. And um, it won't matter what race he's in, uh, he's always a threat with the right run. And the way he won, it was, um, it was pretty good to see. Mm, absolutely. I want to ask about a few of your other runners on Saturday night. Uh, we start with Crime Rider in the first. He went down as favourite last week. He's low-flying, this guy, but uh, the draw probably stings a little again here on, on Saturday night. But he'll be right in the thick of the action, no doubt. Yeah, look, he always runs an honest race, Crime Rider. He's not necessarily a horse that wins a lot, but he always he always goes fantastic. And he went super for Talia the other night. And, um, 
you look at the front line, it's going to be pretty hard to run these horses down over the short trip. You just need them to go probably an exceptional first quarter and half um, and even a, a really strong first 1,200 to bring him into it at the end. But it'll just be interesting. He's going well and, um, you know, if that happens to be the case, he'll be right there, that's for sure. All right. What about Sweet Passion in the Southeast Derby? He's had the two runs up here. Easy win first up. Second last week behind my ultimate Ronnie, who you meet again. But this week, you've got to take on Leap to Fame and you're drawn out. So is he any sort of chance? I wouldn't think so, Chris. Um, you know, I, I've got a lot of time for him as a, um, you know, going forward. But um, I think from the draw, how do you have drawn to be, you know, close up in on the fence? I, I would have thought that, you know, he could definitely give him something to think about. From that draw, though, um, with Leap to Fame and um, drawing inside him and can't find a better man, I think he's going to find it, you know, really, really hard. And he probably has to go back and, and then just try and find that economical run for him and, and, and hopefully he's getting home, which I expect him to, you know, nice and strong to, to press his case for the for the week after. And if he happens to draw better, um, you know, I always knew that he was going to progress through the carnival and he was bought here just to, to help bring him on for later on in the year. But I sort of thought that he was, you know, a possible derby chance, but just depending on how he, how he settled and handled the trip. And, and to be honest with you, uh, of all my horses, he's done the best. And um, it's interesting, before I come on air, um, I was trying to catch him in the paddock and he was running around being an absolute idiot. And that just just brings a smile to your face to see that they're so happy and well. And um, had he have got a better draw, I would have been a little bit more confident going into Saturday night. Okay. And what about October Rain? Uh, he steps out in the four-year-old championship, the Group 3 race. He's fresh up since February, but he draws well and he meets a strong lineup. But... Any sort of expectation here? Um, initially, he travelled up uh, terrifically well, but he was scratched from Redcliffe the first week, and he just had a temperature, and he's just missed a bit of work. So he'll go into Saturday night just a fraction underdone. Um, so, yeah, I'm not expecting too much on, on, on Saturday night, and especially the field. It's, uh, you know, it's a super, super strong race. It could, could nearly have been, you know, the rising sun, the, the race that this turned up this week um, so you'll see a lot of good horses come out of this carnival and this race in particular going forward right. I've got four other names on a piece of paper that I want to ask you about as well all from your stable last week you had feature race success with Better Isolate uh, he looks a very progressive horse beautifully bred, wicked speed was there any temptation about backing him up in the four-year-old championship or have you got the eyes firmly on the prize of next week, the JC McMullen? Um, yeah, it was definitely in my mind, but, um, you know, we, we come here with, with, uh, just the intention just to bring him away from home. And, um, we obviously had a little hiccup before we come to, to Queensland where he, he failed at Melton and, and pulled up Crook. So, um, he missed a fair bit of work and then he trialled against, uh, those two horses, Jason Grimson's and, um, you know, 49 and 6, I think his own individual time was. So um, it was a little bit surprising that, you know, he was able to do that. But in saying that, you know, we know he's a quality horse. Um, it was just more the intention after last week to, to possibly put him away and look after him, not not taxing too much while we're up here and, 
the J, you know, the John McMullen race is, you know, a race every year I've come up, I've really wanted to win just because I stay with John and Jeanette McMullen and their family and they're so good to me. Um, you know, it would mean a lot to me to be able to win it. So I felt I've probably got the right horse this year to, to possibly do that. And I knew that the four-year-old race this week would be super strong. And, you know, had we have gone around this week, it might meant that, you know, we might have been quite as good for the week after. Um, so that's our aim with him. And then it'll just be, you know, taking home and look after him. And hopefully, um, you know, in, in time that he might turn into a top liner with a bit of luck. Uh, all going well. You know, it's hard to find a horse with such great speed. You know, it's super exciting to have in the stable at the moment, that's for sure. Mm. Speaking of exciting, uh, this horse oozes class. We've seen her here previously, Pink Galaz. Any update on the, the mighty little mare? Uh, the reports from home, you know, while I've been away, is that, you know, on the lead each day, she's bucking and kicking and, you know, just super, super happy. It's it's lovely to get those reports um, each day when you're away, and um, she's got a big back half of the year into the minions at home, and we'd, we'd love to be able to go three times. Bill Collins Mile winner with her, so that'll be her initial aim is the Bill Collins Mile, and then look towards into the minion, and then after Christmas, um, the great Southern Star again. So would have loved to have bought her here to Queensland, but. Um, you know, the eyes are sort of firmly on the back half of the year, so I was decided that we give her a really good break while we had the chance and, and then uh, aim up to, towards the end of the year. All right. Speaking of aiming up, this horse I've got firmly in in check for the, the Eureka, the new race that is set to take place next year down in Sydney. I'm sure there's going to be uh, plenty of interest in this guy. He's a son of a gun. He is a very good horse. Is that a potential long-term target for him, the Eureka race? Definitely on the radar, Chris. Um, his preparation through the Sydney Sydney Carnival last year didn't go to plan, and he was, you know, he was a little bit off his best. And and we know, um, you know, his best at the back half of last year, and then and then the early part uh, where he was able to win two group lines was very very good. And um, he was a horse that really went to the next level, and he's been able to have a lovely break and, and come back in, in really good order. And, um, yeah, that'll be definitely uh, a, a long-term target for him, that's for sure. All right. And what about a horse by the name of Paulie D? Uh, he's a Kiwi. Um, I think he's only a three-year-old. Is there any update on him? Is the Victoria Derby a target for him? What, what are we thinking about with Paulie D? Uh, unfortunately, Chris, nothing's really gone right in his preparation. He doesn't really have anything, you know, majorly wrong, but he's just had a few little niggles and he's just been um, one one headache after another. So the decision was made sort of last week that we would just give him three months off. He's, he's a lovely quality horse um, and it's been been a little bit frustrating that things haven't gone to plan, but um, we just sort of made the decision to put him away. So you mightn't even see him to either very late in the year and he is big bred, so... Um, you know, the target will probably shift towards the big bread for him uh, now that things haven't gone to plan again. All right. Matty, as always, really appreciate the time. Best of luck on Saturday night. Hopefully there's some more feature race glory headed your way. As I said, you're a, a, a big part of the carnival each and every year. You support us strongly up here, and uh, here's hoping success comes your way either Saturday night or the following week, or hopefully both nights. <laughs> That'll be lovely, Chris. But thank you very much for having me and and the team up here. Definitely make us feel welcome. 
it's very pleasant working horses up here in the sunshine compared to home at the moment, that's for sure. And we really look forward to being up here every winter. That's, that's one thing. Excellent. We'll see you trackside. Good night, Chris. Thank you. There's Matty Craven joining us. So uh, another big team going to the races on Saturday night for Matty and plenty of quality there as well, in particular with that trotting feature. Credit Master having his first start at Albion Park, a proven Group 1 performer, and uh, he's got to overcome Gate 8, the inside of the second row, but it might turn out to be a good draw. Darren Clayton is back with us uh, after jumping in the hot seat yesterday. Darren, good morning. Yeah, morning, Chris. How are you today? really well. Uh, tell me, if we thought last Saturday night was good, when you look at the fields for this weekend, they're even better. Do you agree or disagree? Yeah, they certainly are. There's there's some horses that we didn't see last week are, are in, uh, into a few different races there, and they, the strength there is, is across the board. There's 10 races of quality, and um, you know there's going to be some, some big performances required to win there on Saturday night, and um, with the quality there, there's, there's plenty of horses that are up to it as well. Any early thoughts on uh, the Sunshine Sprint? Well, I've had a look at this race a few times already, Chris, and it's it's really hard to work out. Um, yeah, it turn it up, obviously, probably holds a bit of the key to the race there in gate three. Uh, he's just electric off the arm, but uh, I don't think he's a horse that will want to try to lead all the way whether that is the case or not i don't know but um i cast no shadow uh, whether he can hustle through and just do enough just to hold that position it, it certainly makes it hard i yeah like i say I've, I've had a bit of a look through it and after the performance of triple eight last week if they go crazy up front just trying to sort those positions out and then a couple of moves well there's no reason why triple eight can't do what he did last week um you know, you think back to Hector JJ, where he was in a position some years back in a in a sunshine sprint. I've never seen a horse finish the way he did in a feature race. Well, Triple Eight equaled, if not bettered, that last week. So, um, you know, there's there's nothing there to suggest that he can't do that again. As I said, a lot has been said uh, about the field. Uh, you know, spots were always going to be at a premium. Only the 10 runners at a mild race. Next week with the, the Grand Circuit event, the Tab Blacks at Bake, we, we step it up. So there'll be two extra runners. It'll be a field of 12. Um, so performances this weekend are going to be paramount. And it's still a little unclear on whether like a wildfire uh, makes the, the trip up from Victoria. So uh, if he comes, obviously he's going to secure a start. But... Uh, it, it makes for exciting racing again this weekend because you just can't afford to have a, an off night. No, that, that's exactly right, Chris. And um, it's it's sort of put up time this week for for a few of those horses who are probably fringe runners looking at um, <clears throat> that, that blacks are fake. And you know, you look at a horse like Colt Thirty One. He missed out on a spot in the Mister Feelgood last week. He was balloted. He went back and won the ballot division, but we don't see him this week. Is that enough for him to get into the Blacks of Fake next week, a previous winner of the race? Um, you know, the, the selection panel and the handicappers who, who decide these fields, they've, they've had plenty on their plate in the last few days and they've got uh, plenty more again next week, that's for sure. Yep, no doubt about it. Have you got an early standout when you are looking at Saturday night or do we have to keep the powder dry until Friday? I think if you look 
um, she's going to be a mighty short. Jewel Melody, she she probably looks over the line in that APG sales race. Um, it's a little bit miffed first up why they didn't just go straight to the front with her. Um, and she ended up sort of got a victim of circumstance thereafter. I thought if they just had to push the button and put her out of harm's way, she would have won that race first up. She bounced back in the in the prelude of that race last week, and the way she won that prelude, I couldn't see her getting beaten in that. Um, yeah, and of course, leap to fame. He's probably um, going to be hard to beat off the back of his run in the Rising Sun, where he was three wide exposed the last 800. Once Better Eclipse got to the chair, so. Um, if he's taken no ill effect of that, you'd think he'd be hard to beat in the derby as well. Yeah, yeah it's going to be a, a good punning program. I think there's a few that stand out on Saturday night, but we'll talk more about that in depth on Friday morning. Your task at hand here today is to find us a winner for tonight's meeting at Redcliffe. So where do we find your best bet? Yeah, I thought we could strike in race six. Chris, horse number two, I'm Freya. Um, this mare was previously trained by Matty Craven, who you were just speaking to. Um, comes up here with a with a really good gait. Um, good gait speed mare. Pete McMullen on. I can't see why she can't repeat the dose. Race six, number two on Freya. Okay, currently 2.20 with Tab right now, looking to go back-to-back after scoring there last week. What else stands out tonight? Yeah, there's a few on the card. I thought it was a, a good betting card there tonight, and um, one I've been waiting to draw a fence gate for a while and she gets it tonight is in race number two, horse number seven, Dancing to the Beat. Just she sort of can't utilise any early speed and um, she has to go back looking for the fence. Well, she gets the fence draw tonight behind a quick beginner. She should be in a perfect position. Just wait for the lane and take that closing shot. Race two, horse number seven, dancing to the beat with Brendan Barnes getting the steer tonight. Okay, 3.20 currently with Tab, dancing to the beat. That's race two, number seven. As far as the quaddy is concerned, the main quaddy races five, six, seven and eight. Throw some numbers my way. Yeah, I thought the first leg looked a race in two between number one, get a load of this bro. He gets the gate advantage. He's been in good form, uh, good gate speed horse, so he certainly darts through. Uh, the other, the danger being number six, Courageous Sam. Um, bad gates have, have forced his hand of ladies. Um, basically, his manners cost him and made him an ODE runner. He got back in the draw and was still able to overcome a wide gate. He's wide again, but uh, he can certainly be in the mix. Second leg, race six. I'm Freya, who mentioned, I think she is just too good. There is a danger. It's probably number nine, Chasing Dreams, who is absolutely flying, as are many of the Crone team. But uh, I thought we can go one out there with the best, number two on Freya. The third leg, keen on the chances here of number two, Tullhurst Cuddles. thought it was a really pleasing run first, or sorry, second up in Queensland. Um, went... Round to the breeze, had to do all the work. Looked gone on the home turn, but really dug in for the fight. Ended up only being one metre from the winner. Uh, gets gate two, gets Nathan Dawson up. Uh, I think that's a, a big opportunity for her to strike. Uh, dangers number six, Sunny Orlando, will be fitter. This is her, her his second run back from a break. So um, tough gate, but second up will be thereabouts. So two and six. The last leg, race eight. Um, I thought this might just be a little bit open, this one. Uh, I've got number three, remember, Eve on top. Does have a super record at Redcliffe. Um, just found the 2040 a little bit too far last time. Back to the sprint trip certainly appeals. 
I thought number nine, Bold Cowboy, might be able to run a race here. thought um, he hasn't got a win this season, but I, I think he finds a race here where it just might be in his favour. Number one, what a reactor gets all the options there. And number four, Auntie Emily, she goes back to the Chris Frisbee stable, had been uh, uh, there thereabouts of late, not too far away last time, where she had a wide trip. So playing it wide in the last one, three, four, nine. Okay, so just repeating those quaddy thoughts for tonight. First leg, one and six. Second leg, two only. But if you're looking for that other runner, it's certainly nine, Chase and Dreams. Uh, the third leg, numbers two and six. And we finish off with numbers one, three, four and nine. So if we go one out there with uh, that runner in race number six, a uh, grand total of $16. Uh, that's I'm Frey, your best bet tonight. If you wanted to add Chase and Dreams, obviously $32. So that's the way to play the quaddy tonight. Yeah, nice and, and simple. And like I said, I, I think there's a it's a good betting card tonight and, and I think we can find ourselves plenty of winners. Might not be much value, but uh, you don't go broke back and winners.